With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two for Tuesday. Let's check out the latest in college football with the Orlando Sentinels' Matt Merchell. Catch Matt on Twitter at OS Matt Merchell. All right, Matt Michelle talks college football with us on these uh, Tuesdays. Always appreciate the time. Uh, first, uh, Matt, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, doing good. I want to work through some things here. Let's go first. UCF uh, had to beat Houston on Saturday. Uh, they did. They become bowl eligible. Just give me some thoughts on the final regular season game. Well, you know, I, I think what stood out to me was just, you know, how the defense was able to kind of put together a, a pretty solid half in the second half and was able to shut Houston down. Uh, the offense looked good. You know, I mean, John Rice Plumley had two touchdowns. We saw R.J. Harvey continue to perform in the way he has done all season long with over, I think it was 136 yards of rushing and, and two touchdowns as well. And, um, you know, they were UCF was able to get the job done. They got their win, and now they're sitting around waiting to, to hear where they're headed for a bowl game. It's a, it's a big win for them, and, and getting to a bowl game in their first year in the Big 12 was important. You know, Gus, Gus Malzahn talked about that after the game, that, you know, they really wanted to kind of, continue to carry some momentum into this, this off season, and, and now they'll get a, a couple weeks of practices, which will be beneficial for a lot of their young players, and they can, sit or, they can look around and, and determine what they have and, and what they'll do uh, moving forward in the uh, recruiting and the transfer portal. So uh, it's going to be a busy couple weeks for, for every team in the country, but for, for UCF as well. Matt, um, I tell some UCF people that think I know and I'm in the loop, I stay out of everything that's taking place these next several weeks because every team you know is dealing with this. The portal, who comes, who goes, and all sorts of things like that. So I have no uh, information. Um, but there are some interesting storylines uh, for UCF that every team's dealing with. Okay, It's not just UCF-related, but they've got players that can think about the draft. They have players that have eligibility. They're looking to add. So the makeup of a roster and who plays in a bowl game today, you simply don't know who's going to play perhaps in a few weeks. So give me your thoughts on what might happen with some scenarios here as far as who plays, who doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the thing. I mean, you've got a lot of guys who are probably getting ready, looking around, getting ready for, for maybe possibly a future career in the NFL. You know, you've got guys who, you know, Traymond Morris Brash, for instance, you know, is a guy who his name is, if you hear, it could be a possible consideration to, to the NFL, you know, so... Maybe he's the guy to decide. This hasn't been determined either, as you mentioned. You know, so maybe he's the guy to decide to sit out and, and, and not run. You're going to have some other guys who maybe are on the fence who are thinking, okay, maybe I'll go to, I might try for the NFL combine. Um, but maybe, you know, I, I may want to transfer if they have like a, a couple years of eligibility left. So they may not be, be able to play. Um, it's, it's, you know, that's what makes this so interesting. It's, even though you decide where your, your bowl game is going to be, you know, you're going to have eventually, you're going to start having this list of players. That you're going to, they're going to come to, to Gus and say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm going to move on or I'm making that next step. And, you know, then you, you start looking at some of the younger guys. You know, you look at the, you know, the guys who maybe have had strong seasons, but you think maybe could be bigger pieces next year. You know, you look at a guy, uh, you know, John Walker who had a great, you know, first year. You know, he gets maybe some more playing time in these bowl games. You look at some of the, the younger guys. You know, on offense, uh, when you look at like receivers, maybe you bring some of those guys on a little bit. Javon and Kobe both, you know, have a year of you know, eligibility left, you know, and, and they haven't decided what they're going to do. 
So you're not sure there. Maybe Xavier Townsend gets some more some more uh, looks. Trent Whittemore is a guy who transferred in. He's had a, a decent time when he stepped in and, and helped out for some injured players. Um, so there are going to be some guys who are definitely going to get a, a look and, and maybe see more time on the field than they did all season long. So for Gus and the coaching staff, that's what makes this next week kind of interesting is you're just not sure um, until you're 100%, you know, get ready for that bowl preparation week and you finally have a roster you can look around and see who's going to be there. Florida State uh, beats Florida, battle of backup quarterbacks. So give me some thoughts on the game and then the storylines of both on how the committee looks at an FSU team. Uh, should they look at him differently? And then how should a Florida fan feel about an offseason now? Yeah, I, I thought the game, you know, listen, I mean, it took a while for, for uh, Tate Rademacher to kind of get his feet under him. You know, I thought Florida did a great job early on with a lot of pressure. You know, this was a, a Florida team that used the, the, the sold-out crowd and the, and the atmosphere to really kind of go kind of at Florida State. It took them some of those a bit to kind of get themselves kind of regrouped. Uh, they, they obviously didn't look great in the beginning of that game, but then they found a way to kind of come back and start getting the offense moving. I thought the defense really was the catalyst for them. They, they stepped up in the second half, really made things, you know, miserable for Max Brown. Um, and again, you know, Florida, this is something that's bothered me through the whole season with, with Billy Napier's team is that just bad penalties, bad turnovers, bad things. You know, I mean, like late in that game, I mean, they just they lost their composure. And, and you know, it's things like that that really kind of really threw, swayed things towards Florida State's favor and eventually went to, to go on and win the game. I think Florida State's back, obviously, back in the, in the top four in the playoff mix. I think the committee is going to look at the situation with Jordan Travis being gone and Tate Lodemaker stepping in. If Florida State beats Louisville next week, I mean, I just don't think there's any way that Florida State doesn't get into the, to the top four. I mean, that's, they'll give them a little extra consideration because of the fact they won games without their starting quarterback. But um, if you're undefeated and you've won your conference championship in a Power 5 you know, conference, I think you're going to make it, and that's just kind of the way the committee has worked in the past. I think for Florida, you know, this is a make-or-break offseason for Billy Napier. I mean, I don't think he gets fired like people were wanting. I think, but he's going to have to make some changes. He's going to have to look at the offensive uh, staff. What is he going to do? He's going to have to bring in somebody that can maybe come in and run the offense. He can't keep trying to do that his own. I don't think that's working out for them. They're going to have to look at this roster, and they're going to have to find a way to add players, whether it's through the recruiting class or whether it's through the transfer portal, they've got to get some key players in there. They just don't have enough big-time playmakers. And the thing, like I said before, that really bothers me is they continue to make mistakes, boneheaded mistakes, even in the final game of the season. They can't keep doing that. They've got to find a way to make sure that they you know, step up and, and find a way to kind of correct those mistakes. And you've already seen that yesterday. I mean, they let go two of their, two of their analysts, defensive analysts and defensive line coach. So I think Billy's going to probably have to make some overall changes to the coaching staff and and hope maybe they can find some players in the, in the transfer portal. All right, speaking of the transfer portal, uh, there's nothing like uh, just one hour on social media and fancy uh, announcements and graphics and highlights and everything. I, 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 I chuckle, but here we are. As free agency is underway, the portal opens on Monday. Players can announce, uh, you know, him going to the portal and all sorts of things. Um the quarterback class is going to be interesting because of some names we already know that's going to be out there. Uh, Will Rogers at Mississippi State, uh, Tata Van Dyke at Miami has said that he's going to enter the portal. We'll see who else does. So first, uh, with Van Dyke gone, one would think Miami will be in the market. I joke with Mike about a veteran quarterback. It's supposed to be a guy in his thirties, but uh, you know, Matt, it's I guess he's been two years in college football. But some thoughts on Van Dyke entering the portal, what Miami may do, and and what we're going to watch as uh, the next week unfolds. Yeah, it's been a very interesting, you know, first couple of days uh, of what we've seen. And, you know, I thought, 
I thought Van Dyke, you know, it didn't shock me that he went in the portal. I think, you know, obviously he's had an up and down year at, at a career at uh, Miami. You know, he was hurt last year, uh, didn't really perform the way they wanted him to, Had a, was a rookie of the year in the ACC two years before that. Um, you know, again, solid year, but not great towards the end. You know, again, struggled a little bit. Um, he's going to be a name that you're going to see for a lot of, of, of big power five job openings, you know, so to speak, you know, quarterback openings around the country. You know, North Carolina is a team that I would be, wouldn't be shocked if they're interested in as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I think for Miami, they're going to have to look around. There's going to be a lot of big names out there. Max Johnson, you know, quarterback who's at, uh, you know, was at Texas A&M. He's a guy who's got a lot of, a lot of uh, wear and tear on his tires and I think could come in there and help them out. Uh, you mentioned Will Rogers. There's a guy who, put up big numbers in the air raid system. So I think a lot of teams out there that run that kind of similar situation are going to want Will Rogers. You know, Will Howard, you know, the Kansas State quarterback last night, you know, jumped in the portal. I think Kansas State had three of their quarterbacks announced they were going in the portal. So, um, you know, those are some big names out there that are that you're going to hear maybe try to find a job. There's so many openings at the quarterback spot. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. So if you're Mario Cristobal, you got to find a guy that best fits what you're trying to do, and you're going to have to do it quickly. You know, because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't really just Tyler Van Dyke that left. You know, Miami's got about four or five players that have already announced they're going in the portal. So they're going to have to quickly find a way to get an identified quarterback, get someone there, look for a running back, because they're going to have to find that as well, and then pick up some other key pieces. And this is like, this is why the portal is, is such a weird thing, because it is literally like NFL free agency. You know, as soon as that portal opens, You've got coaches who are instantaneously running around trying to find as many players as they possibly can because they don't want an opportunity to lose them, and Miami's going to be one of those guys. Mike Elko entered the transfer portal when he took the job at <laughs> Texas A&M. Uh, Jeff Levy's at Mississippi State. Thoughts on the hires that have taken place? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, listen, I think Mike Elko was interesting. You know, that job was interesting for about 24 hours because, you know, A&M, it looked like they identified, you know, Kentucky coach Mark Stoops. And it, all, all things that you read on social media and hear from people is, Stoops was, was highly considered, you know, and they really was, was thinking about they were going to give him the job. And then apparently, you know, the, the fan base revolted on that. And, you know, Boosters decided this he wasn't the guy that we want, you know. And so I think they went with, with Elko because Elko's got familiarity with, you know, the Texas A&M program, was defensive coordinator there for a couple of years, uh, you know, had done a good job at Duke. And so now they land a guy in Elko, and they hope that he's going to be the guy that's going to help maybe somehow resurrect, you know, A&M's hopes. Um, I, I, th- I thought Levy was an interesting hire as well. I mean, again, a guy who's been considered for uh, names and turnaround for several head coaching jobs over the last couple of years. He goes to a Mississippi State program that's obviously had a history of, you know, putting up big numbers offensively under Mike Leach. Levy fits that same sort of model. Uh, I think he, he's going to be interesting because I think the offense will be a, a key part of what Mississippi State wants to do. And then also, you know, Levy's going to attract some some names. He's going to attract some guys from the portal. I mean, he's going to he you know. There's some talk of, of, of some other quarterbacks maybe coming and joining him and, and finding a way to put up some big numbers there as well. So good for Levy, and it'll be interesting to see how he, he does at Mississippi State. Uh, the next time we talk, we'll know the playoff four. So I'm going to ask you to leave on this one with a scenario. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, the five favorites in conference championship games win. Who's in, who's out? Well, I think, you know, I think Georgia gets in. I think Michigan gets in. And I think Florida State gets in now. The Washington-Oregon situation, I mean, you mentioned if Oregon's there, Texas is there, um, it's going to be hard because that's going to come down to do they think that the committee thinks that the Pac-12 was stronger than the Big 12 this year? And you look at what Texas' you know, loss is and you look what, you know, uh, what Oregon's loss is, and that would be to Washington. So I think Oregon would get in. 
You know, I mean, I think that's that's what would get in. I think Texas would be left out. It'd be unfortunate because Texas has had such a great year. But, you know, the committee is going to look at the head-to-head. They're going to look at how, you know, the conference itself did. They're going to look at the overall rankings. Um, it's going to be difficult. You know, now, you know, I, I think that would be a, a best-case scenario for, for this committee. Uh, you know, if something happens with Alabama and Georgia, you know, I mean, that could throw everything in the loop. If somehow Louisville would have beat, you know, uh, Florida State, I mean, that opens the door. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but the committee is definitely hoping for an easy path to pick the Final Four uh, before they move to the 12-team playoff next year. Matt Michelle, catch him on X or Twitter at OS Matt Michelle. Good talking, Matt. See you next week. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Good stuff from Matt Michelle, as always, in 11 o'clock hour uh, coming up. Uh, Mike spoke a lot today about Billy Napier and how he thinks that it's not just a third year, but likely a fourth year. Um, we spoke briefly on the bridge, but I want to. Uh, bring up a couple points in the 11 o'clock hour, plus the decision from one person and why his opinion changed. Uh, also coming up, but the hour begins with the news uh, coming up next. Oh, wow. I believe it's his early 90s. Early 90s. EMF. EMF. Uh, I used to really like this song, and uh good one by whoever sent this in. On the text line at 5857 EMF today, it's three letter bands. You can use the word the, like the who, but uh, good job, EMF. EMF yeah. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. for Tuesday. So I was uh, texting back and forth with Kurt yesterday, Maxine's on Shine and uh, updating me on some things, and the construction is getting there. They're almost done, and it's going to be even bigger bigger, bigger and better, Maxine's on Shine. But they're open uh, for dinner right now while they're finishing up that construction to the new uh, side there. And dinner Tuesday through Saturday at Maxine's on Shine, beginning at 5 o'clock. And I say that because, you know, if you want to kind of avoid the crowds a little bit later on, Get yourself a nice little reservation in there, 5, 5.30, before it gets crowded. Have a great meal. Uh, maybe a little bit of a romantic dinner before the noise picks up a little bit. It's a perfect time to go. Of course, brunch on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays as well at Maxine's on Shine. Reservations, highly, recommend, uh, highly recommended. Uh, you'll find incredible food. There's always seasonal dishes, so you can go online and see the menu. Uh, great wine list and everything you need is right there online at maxinesonshine.com. 337 North Shine Avenue. It's Maxine's on Shine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.